Are you ready, Flyer fans? It's the Anthony Grant Show, presented by Bud Light. Tonight's show is brought to you by... Frickers, for over 30 years, has been the home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. Bud Light, where there's fun, there's a Bud Light there. Premier Health, proud to be the official health care provider for UD Athletics. Learn more at premierhealth.com slash UD. And by Logan AC and Heat Services, the official heating and cooling partner of the UD Flyers, helping fans stay comfortable all season long. The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Now, here's the voice of the Flyers, Larry Hanskin. And good evening, everyone. Uh, Welcome to Frickers on Woodman Drive, your home of fun, food, sports, and spirits, and the Anthony Grant Show on uh, Monday nights during the Flyer basketball season. As uh, Dayton is now 19-8, they are 11-3 in the Atlantic 10, uh, sitting in first place behind Davidson one game back, uh, heading into a week. Uh, with a couple of games coming up on Wednesday, home against UMass, one of just two remaining home games, and then uh, Saturday uh, on the road at LaSalle. Now, speaking to Saturday, reminder everyone that regardless of what happens between now and then, uh, the University of Dayton women's team a chance on Saturday to clinch the regular season Atlantic 10 title in a 2 o'clock home game against Rhode Island. So last home game you've got to, to see uh, uh, Shauna Green's team Encourage you to get out uh, for senior day and a chance to see them not only uh, honor their seniors, but uh, potentially cut down the net. So a reminder, that's coming up on Saturday. But uh, two games, uh, last, well, yeah, two games last week. Uh, one was a week ago tonight, a, a late night game on the road at Rhode Island. And then uh, on Saturday, a road win at St. Joseph's. Uh, Coach Grant joining us on the phone here tonight. And Coach, um, you know, we talked prior uh, to that Rhode Island game about the the challenge of the quick turnaround you were going to have after a couple of home games on Wednesday and Saturday, the quick flight to uh, get to Rhode Island, play late at night. Uh, but your team uh, comported itself well in that road game. And then again on Saturday, another tough place to play at St. Joe's. You came away with two wins. Uh, your thoughts on the week? Well, obviously, Larry, just, just pleased that we were able to get two wins. You know, uh, obviously for for in terms of uh, moving forward, we knew how important it was that we took care of each game one at a time. You know, the Rhode Island game, you know, we felt like having played them a couple of weeks earlier, we were a little bit familiar with, uh, you know, our opponent in terms of, of uh, how close the games were. So the short turnaround there, uh, it helped us a little bit because we played them maybe, uh, you know, two or three games before that. And then with uh, St. Joe's, you know, that, that's always a difficult game just in terms of the way they play. They're so prolific in terms of the way they run offense and their ability to score the ball that we knew we'd have to do a really good job defensively. So, you know, I thought our guys did a, did a really good job of taking away some things that they've been able to have success with. It's always a pleasure to uh, break news to you on Monday nights, uh, this kind of news. Uh, Deron Holmes the second has been named the Atlantic 10 uh, Rookie of the Week for the fifth time this season, averaging 18 points uh, in those two games. And uh, I, I, I tell you what, uh, he and Malachi Smith, uh, you know, just, just had such a solid week for you. Uh, but I could go up and down the roster. Uh, this team, I think, uh, you know, is, is getting deeper. When I say that, is you're, you're getting deeper in that uh, you're throwing guys out there and uh, they're comfortable in their roles. And, and, and whether they start the game, whether they finish the game, or they're in between, uh, they're finding ways to help the team. Have, have you been able to see that develop before your eyes? 
Well, I mean, that's always the goal. You know, as you as you get more familiar with each other and as the season progresses and you gain experience, you want to see guys get more comfortable and more familiar in terms of what the expectations are and what they can do uh, to, to play well and what they can do to help the team play well. So, yeah, it's good to see. You know, you mentioned right after the St. Joseph's game uh, that R.J. Blakeney only took, like, one shot in the game. But he was huge in your defensive efforts against Taylor Funk. And then on top of that, I don't think a lot of folks realize that uh, Tumani Kamara, for much of that game, had to guard their best offensive player. And, of course, you asked Tumani to do some things at the offensive end as well. Uh, defensively, how good a week was it for you? Well, I think our team has been really, really good all year from a defensive standpoint. If I'm not mistaken, I think in conference play, we, we lead the league in terms of uh, the defensive numbers. So our, our guys have been really good. But certainly when you look at, you know, what RJ brings, I think he's one of the, one of the elite defenders in our conference. And uh, same with Tumani. I think those guys have been really good for us all year. So, you know, what we ask those guys to do on a, on a night in and night out basis uh, and the difference they make on the defensive end, as well as what they do, what they provide for us offensively really makes a difference for us. Another stat in which uh, you're among the A-10 leaders is your rebounding margin, and uh, you do this without having one guy even close to double figures in rebounds. Um, what is it about this Dayton team th that is making it successful when it comes to rebounding the basketball? Well, I mean, that, that's a part of the game. You know, I mean, I think it's, it's a part of what you have to do to be able to win games. Uh, and our guys understand that, and, and certainly, uh, you know, night in and night out, uh, you know, that's something that I think in order for you to, to put yourself in position to have success, you got to be able to do well. So uh, I'm, I, I love the fact that our guys understand that, and uh, we've been able to, to meet that challenge on most nights where we can win the rebounding battle, which is huge. You know, uh, Malachi Smith, 10 rebounds, a career high, and uh, it, it's just a matter of time before he has a triple-double because he's obviously capable of uh, scoring a double figures and having double-figure assists. And uh, another guy whose rebounding numbers are going up uh, as his, uh, his scoring productivity goes up as well as Kobe Brea. How far has Kobe's game come? Yeah, I think Kobe uh, continues to, to, to get better with every game. The more experience he gets, um, the better. I think he, he understands what he's capable of. And I think uh, you and I talked about this maybe a few days ago. I think he's just scratching the surface in terms of what he's capable of. So, yeah, it's good to see, you know, Malachi the other day go out and grab 10 rebounds at St. Joe's. And, you know, certainly, um, you know, when you, when you have a team like St. Joe's that shoots as many threes as they do, you know, if they're not making them, then they're going to be some long rebounds that are available. Molly was able to get in there and, and gather some of those long ones. He was able to get in there and gather some deep ones as well. Um, you know, and then obviously for Kobe, you know, with his size, uh, six foot six, you know, he's got he's a he's a really good athlete. He's got the ability to to be another guy that can consistently go on board for us. So, you know, for our team, it's about you know doing it by committee and guys understanding that that on a given night. Um, you know, it, we could have a gift, different guy leaders in scoring and different guy leaders in rebounding. And I tell the guys all the time, you know, you don't have to worry about anybody ever getting mad at you because you got too many rebounds. So go get them all. Go get as many as you can. <laughs> All right. All right. The Dayton Flyers now 19 and 8. They are 11 and 3 in the A10. They've got two games this week. Home on Wednesday against UMass. On the road again on Saturday at LaSalle. We'll talk more about that. And uh, we're, we've got as our special guest here tonight at Frickers, former Flyer Steve Hess, who's with us. And uh, Steve will have a question for Coach. 
He brought, he brought the fan club out with him. He'll have a question for Coach when we continue next uh, on this edition of the Anthony Grant Show as we are live at Frickers here on Woodman Drive. The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Call now, 457-1290. Now back to the voice of the Flyers, Larry Hanskin. And welcome back to Frickers, your home of fun, food, sports, and spirits, and The Anthony Grant Show here on Monday nights at Flyer Basketball Season, our next-to-last show, the penultimate show. <laughs> as uh, Dayton, uh, a week from today, will be traveling. Uh, there will be a travel day on the road for a game at Richmond a week from Tuesday. And then the final show of the season will be coming up two weeks from tonight, uh, March 7th, uh, at the conclusion of the regular season and prior to uh, the Atlantic 10 tournament this year in Washington, D.C. Got a big crowd here on hand tonight, uh, including the, the pride of Miamisburg, former flyer Rex Gardecki. Also, Pat Mernon, who scored the first basket in, at the UD Arena, the very first basket ever. And, uh, and also Steve Hess is with us here, a former flyer. And, uh, Steve, we'll, we'll get into uh, uh, your, your time at UD and uh, what you've done since then. Uh, before we do that, though, I always uh, give the former flyers who join us on the show a chance to ask Coach Grant a question. And here is your chance. Uh, Steve, you got a question for Coach Grant? I do, I do. Coach Grant? Let's have microphone around. All there. right, Coach Grant, how you doing? I'm great, Steve. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Hey, when, when I played in the early 70s, Probably half the players on our team were from Ohio. Um, the other half were probably from the surrounding states of, you know, Indiana and Illinois and Kentucky and Pennsylvania and so on. You've got players from Belgium and Finland and England and Africa and Arizona and New York and, you know, all parts in between. And, and you've done a wonderful job of blending them together. And Larry and I were talking about this a little bit earlier. How do you work with all the different personalities and, and kind of the different backgrounds to, to get them playing the way they're playing right now? Well, I, I appreciate the, uh, the question. It, it's, um, I think first and foremost, I have to start with, we've got an unbelievable staff uh, that does a great job of, of uh, number one, identifying talent, guys that fit our culture, the way we want to play you know, who we want to be as a program, um, you know, and the identity we want to have as a team. First and foremost, we start there. And, and then, um, you know, it's just a matter of, of trying to get the guys to, to, to understand what the University of Dayton is all about, you know, in terms of the support that we get, uh, the expectations that we have, uh, you know, what this, what this program uh, strives to be, you know. And so when we can put it together and get guys that want to, want to work together, you know, I think that's that that makes it, you know, for a great combination. And you know, you never know sometimes. But we've been fortunate that we've got great kids that that come from great families and have been coached well and understand, uh, you know, what it takes to to compete at the level we try to compete at. Coach, uh, you know, the guys, uh, you know, there, there's a common thread. You know, when you talk about the character, and and and, and I always uh, quote you that uh, one of your favorite sayings, and it's one I steal and use it myself, is you get the culture you tolerate, and you've set the bar, and you've kept the bar there, you've not moved it. But how much of you know the players themselves 
kind of determine what types of players that are going to be a part of this team. I mean, I got to think that if you brought in a stinker for an official visit, uh, that your players might come up to you and say, Coach, I don't think this guy is going to fit in. Yeah, you know, fortunately, I, we, we've gotten, we've been very fortunate. We, we, we've, uh, I think, for the most part, had, had excellent people within the program, and we try to make sure we're adding pieces that fit who we are and the culture that we want to, we want to have and we want to create. And, and uh, you know, I think our staff has done a, a really good job. And I, I think, um, you know, when, when when you come, you know, and you're you experience what the University of Dayton has to offer, and you know what the program has to offer, the athletic department, the commitment that you see around it. You know, I think you know for most guys, it's it's, it's, it's like a uh, something that you want to be a part of. You know, so we've been fortunate that um, the guys have really bought in in terms of what we're asking them to do and and what we need to to be about as a program. So, so yeah, I, I think it's a, a team effort, is what I would say. Now, all of us in this room and everyone listening uh, loves this game of college basketball, and it, it, it got a bit of a, a black eye yesterday with the uh, altercation at the end of the Wisconsin and Michigan game. And there are, and Michigan coach has been suspended for the rest of the regular season. Um, and some are saying, okay, let's do away with post game handshakes. But is, is that really the answer? I don't think so. I mean, I think it's a part of sportsmanship that's been around sports forever, you know, and certainly you, you, you hate to see, you know, a situation where, uh, you know, a fight breaks out. I, I don't know all the details in terms of how it transpired. I, I probably, like most people, saw the, the outtakes of what happened. Uh, don't know any details, but you certainly hate to see that in any sport, but I don't think you can blame uh, a handshake line, you know, for, for it escalating you know, to that level, it's unfortunate that it happened. And I think if, if either anybody involved in either program could take back, you know, maybe five seconds of whatever whatever made it get to that point, they would do it. Uh, it's unfortunate. It doesn't, it's not a good good look for, um, for college basketball. But, you know, um, I don't think uh, I would blame a handshake line for that. Coach, uh, let's look at uh, the task at hand this week. And, you know, I don't know if there's a perfect way uh, to put this, a schedule together, but there's always these quirky things where here we are with four games left in the, in the season, and you're going to be seeing four teams now that you've not seen at all. I mean, you've, you've, you've already played uh, all of your pod games and have played twice against the likes of the VCU, St. Louis, uh, Rhode Island, George Washington, and, and now you've got – well, and it began with St. Joseph's on Saturday, uh, first-time opponents. Is, is it kind of unusual that, you know, to, to be seeing someone so late in the year that you've not seen at all? Yeah, I think this is maybe the first time in five years that we, that we face this where, where it's, we're dealing with teams that we haven't seen at all. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's part of it. I think, you know, obviously we know the schedule coming in and, uh, you know, what we had to be prepared for. But uh, I, I would say it is unique this late in the season to be seeing teams for the first time. But, you know, it, it works both ways. So, uh, so yeah, we'll do the best job that we can in making sure our guys understand what we need to be able to, to be prepared for in each game. All right. Let's uh, one final question for you, Coach, and that is about uh, Wednesday's game coming up. Uh, Matt McCall, uh, someone who you're very familiar with, uh, the coach of uh, UMass as he brings the Minutemen in. Uh, I don't know if you've had much chance to dig into them yet, but knowing what you know of Coach McCall, what do you anticipate? Well, what I've seen up to this point is that they're one of the best offensive teams in our league. 
you know, they, they've done a really good job with their, with their numbers in terms of efficiency. They shoot the three. This game will remind us of, uh, of the St. Joe's games in terms of the number of threes that they get up and the ability to make them. I think they may lead, lead the league or be among the league leaders in uh, the, the rate of the percentage of their total shots that are from the three-point line. And then uh, they do a really good job. I think they make 10 a game. Uh, they've got multiple guys. They could put five guys on the court at any time that are capable of, of making multiple threes. So we got to do a really good job defensively, first and foremost. And then they'll mix up their defense, you know, between zone and man and different looks in, in terms of uh, traps and things like that. So uh, it'll, it'll be uh, something our guys need to make sure that we're prepared for and uh, looking forward to getting back on our home court after two games on the road here and looking forward to putting ourselves in position, you know, where we can continue to control our own destiny. All right, Coach, uh, we'll look forward to that game on Wednesday night. We'll let you go. Again, thanks for joining us here and uh, at uh, at Frickers. Okay, guys. Go fly. All right, uh, all right Coach Anthony Grant, uh, we'll wrap things up with him, and we'll continue here. And uh, the aforementioned Steve Hess, who uh, played for Dayton uh, from 1970 to 73, uh, we'll talk about uh, what brought him to the Flyer program and what's happened since? And that's all coming up as we continue the Anthony Grant Show. And we are live here at Frickers, Woodman Drive. The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to the Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Call now, 457-1290. Now back to the voice of the Flyers, Larry Hanskin. Hey, welcome back to Frickers, your home of fun, food, sports, and spirits on the Anthony Grant Show, our penultimate show of the Flyer basketball season, which is winding down. Dayton's got four games left, uh, two at home, two on the road. Uh, and it was uh, pointed out by one of our uh, fans here that uh, of the four games remaining, not only is it Dayton playing them for the first time this season, but two of the teams, UMass Wednesday and Richmond Tuesday, Dayton did not play last year due to COVID. Uh, so some uh, – but it's the usual suspects. I mean, they, they know what to expect. Uh, so UMass Wednesday, 7 o'clock game on the road at LaSalle uh, on uh, Saturday for a 2 o'clock game. And then a week from tonight, uh, Dayton will be traveling uh, to Richmond for that Tuesday night game against Richmond. And, of course, a week from Saturday, you've got the home finale against Davidson. Uh, we've got uh, this year, throughout the course of the Anthony Grant Show, we invite uh, former Flyers to join us on the program to look back on uh, their days at UD and, and, and what has happened since and their involvement still in following the program. Steve Hess is with us here tonight, uh, has a, a bit of an entourage uh, with, with, with him, but, but, but not everyone who's listening is familiar with your story. So. Let's start with what brought you uh, – tell us your background before you came to the University of Dayton. Okay. Um, I grew up uh, – Get that microphone right in, front of your, right. right in front of your mouth. There you go. I, I grew up a little uh, south of Springfield, Ohio, about two miles from Yellow Springs. Went to Greenan High School. And if you grew up in Springfield, you're kind of in the middle between Columbus and Dayton. And so you got two schools that if you're any good at basketball, and I was okay at basketball – you either want to go to Ohio State or the University of Dayton. And so I'm, I'm looking at those two schools, and, and you walk through downtown Springfield and you go by a bar or you go by a grocery store when I was a kid growing up, and there was a Shaneling beer poster in the bar or in the grocery store. And in the pictures were Hank Finkel, 
and Donnie May and Bobby Joe Hooper and Dan Sadlinger and Dan Obravic, and you're like, wow. You know, and there's Coach Donaher and, and Tom Hamlin, who was the voice of the Flyers back then, uh, pre-Larry, and, and Bucky Bockhorn was doing color back then with Chris Harris. And so you're like, wow, you know, what, what am I going to do? And, and ultimately, uh, this kid from south of Springfield said, you know, I think Dayton's a place for me, and I think for two reasons. The, the history, the fans, uh, just just what they've done and the way they do it, and then Coach Donaher. I mean, uh, Coach Donaher, I think, sold it for a lot of us when it came to picking the University of Dayton. Your, your, your time then uh, at Dayton, and, 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 and granted you didn't uh... – you know, you, you're not in the record books. Uh, you know, you, you, you did not play a lot. Let's just be honest. You did not play a lot in your three years, but you stayed and persevered through the end. Um, did you ever think, oh, I made a bad decision. I should go someplace else. I, I was, I was uh, on my reunion committee one year for the University of Dayton at our 25th or 30th reunion, whatever, and I had to speak to the audience. And, and they knew I played ball there. And at the end of my talk, I said, if I had to do it all over again, I would do exactly the same thing. I would go to UD. I would play for Coach Donner. I would play with some of my teammates who are out here today. I would do exactly the same thing. So I have no regrets. I never thought of transferring. In four years of playing, and freshmen, freshmen weren't eligible when I was playing, I missed one practice. And I, Larry Bird used to say, when I played, I played as hard as I could, and I did. I made the players that I played with better. Um, I gave 110% every time I was at practice. Donaher knew what he was going to get out of me, uh, so I have, Larry, I have absolutely no regrets. It was one of the most wonderful four years of my life. When you look at today's game and the, the transfer portal has become so much of our vocabulary now, um, and, and here's a – I don't have the exact number in front of me, but this is a uh, – I'm close enough to the number that I feel confident quoting. The majority of the people, and this is prior to the prevalence of the transfer portal, but just when it first started, the majority of players that choose to transfer to another school do it before December 1st, their freshman year. In other words, there are players that are coming to campus, going through preseason workouts, preseason practice, three games in, they go, nah, not for me. Um, and, and it just blows my mind that um, I, I don't know. I mean, are, are there some places where maybe after a year you see it's not a good fit and, and maybe even the coach and the players say, hey, you know what, this isn't a good fit for either of us. But I don't know. I, I just see um, a, a – I don't want to blame an entire generation, but uh, I just don't see that, 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 that person that says, you know what, I'm going to stay here, I'm going to work, and I'm going to get better. It, it, yeah, it's, it's interesting because they, they, they gave me a four-year scholarship. I mean, I'm sorry. I saved my dad back then $12,000. And so they invested. They invested. As someone who had a daughter <laughs> that graduated in 2020, that, no, that sum seems so small. <laughs> but, but they invested four years in me, gave me a four-year scholarship. And I guess if I walked in there and I said, boy, you know, when I, what was I thinking uh, when I did this? I could see that, but my God, they, they, they said, Steve, we want you to play ball for UD. We're going to give you a four-year full ride. Um, I just, it, I, I'm going to stay there I, and, and no matter what happens. What happened during those years that made Steve Hess who he is today? 
it's interesting, and I, I tell people this, and my wife knows this. I had, I had three role models um, throughout my life. My mom was my first role model, and I'm, I want to tell a quick story if you don't mind. But my, my mom passed away at the beginning of my sophomore year at UD. And I'm telling this story so everybody knows, if they don't already, what, what a true gentleman Coach Don Donaher is. My mom passed away at the beginning of my sophomore year. And I'm at a softball game in New Lebanon uh, with Ted and Mark Sizemore, who were two other scholarship players that played when I did, watching their softball game. And Don Donaher pulls up in his car, and he comes up and sits next to me in the bleachers, and he said, Steve, I need to let you know that your mom passed away. And he drove me all the way to Springfield, probably a 45-minute, an hour drive. We never said a word. He walked me into my house and sat with me for probably the next hour. He and the whole team came to my mom's viewing and my mom's funeral. And so, uh, I, you know, I just, I'm, I'm like, right then and there, I'm like this, this so, so between my mom, who was just the ultimate, I mean, everybody loved my mom, Coach Donaher, who is in the Hall of Fame, one of the greatest basketball coaches ever, is the most humble individual I've ever met in my life. It, just a wonderful man. And, and then I, I, we're, we'll, we might talk about this here, but I worked at LexisNexis for 31 years, and there's a gentleman that I used to work with at AT&T that, worked at, that hired me at LexisNexis, and his name is Keith Hawk. And some of you may know him because his son is A.J. Hawk and his other son is Ryan Hawk. And, and the three of them... They, they just kind of, I, I, the things they do and the way they do them, I'm not going to say I mirrored everything, but I just kind of, you know, between my mom and Coach Donaher and Keith, I, nobody's going to remember me, obviously, based on our conversation for what I did at UD. And, and no one will probably remember me much for what I did in my 31 years at LexisNexis. But people will remember me for the kind of person I was, the kind of father I was, the kind of husband I was, and if you see me at a UD game or at church or at work or out in the public, I'm the same guy everywhere. And I think UD kind of helped set that stage with me and, and the, kind of the way I live my life. Made you who you are. Yeah, and I, I'd like to think of... I'd like to think I've done, I've, I've done pretty well. I mean, I've got all my friends here. God love them. This is, these, you're my people. <laughs> um, but, but so, uh, you know, I've, I've tried to do that because, like I said, if, no matter great you are athletically, no one's really going to remember that unless you're a LeBron James or someone like that. They're going to remember you, you know. It's not, it, people don't remember what you said. People don't remember what you did. People remember how you made them feel. And I want to make fee people feel good, and I hope I, I do that. All right, we're going to talk more with uh, Steve Hess about uh, his post-Dayton uh, career and how he stays engaged with the program. That's all coming up as we continue. It is the Anthony Grant Show, and we are live at Frickers on Woodman Drive. The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Call now, 457-1290. Now back to the voice of the Flyers, Larry Hanskin. Hey, welcome back here to Frickers and Woodman Drive, your home of fun food, sports, and spirits. Uh, Dayton now 19-8, 11-3 in the Atlantic 10, uh, sitting in second place, a game behind uh, uh, Davidson with two games on tap this week, uh, Wednesday 
at home against UMass at 7 o'clock Tuesday, a 2 o'clock tip-off on the road at LaSalle. The same time, uh, UD women will be hosting uh, Rhode Island on Saturday and uh, a chance to uh, clinch the A-10 regular season championship in that game. Also the home finale, senior day. Encourage you to come out and uh, support the Flyers then on Saturday. We just got word before the show that Deron Holmes II has been named the Atlantic 10 Rookie of the Week for the fifth time this season after averaging 18 points and a pair of wins last week. Former Flyer Steve Hess with us here tonight, and uh, we're going to get into his uh, post-UD uh, doings. But before that, Steve is at the Bud Light Mike with a question for Steve. Hey, Steve. This is also for Larry as well. Um, we've been really blessed with having Coach Anthony Grant with us. We had uh, Tom Blackburn and the continuity of having one of his players become coach Don Donaher. And then we had uh, several good coaches in, in between there with Oliver Purnell and Brian Gregory and Archie. But to have Anthony come in, one of Don Donaher's players come in, what do you think that co continuity does for the program? And uh, what do you think that uh, the future is for the uh, coaching of this, this team? Go ahead, Steve. Well, it's interesting because if you – I've talked with other people about this. If you kind of follow the coaches that weren't a part of the UD program, they, they have made their mark here, and then they leave, and they haven't maybe been quite as successful as they were here. And so I think with Blackburn and Donaher and with, with Anthony Grant, I, I, I don't think they have their eyes kind of, you know, sideways looking for that next job. And I think people either directly or indirectly sense that and feel that, and so they, I think they feel good about that and feel like the you know the programs. I mean, there I have a, a poster up in my basement that said we're all flyers. There's such a tight knit community of, of flyer fans that I think they really like the fact that you know Blackburn and Donaher and, and Anthony were such an integral part of the program. I love the other coaches. I, I mean, Archie and Brian and, and Purnell did, did a great job, but I, you know, I think they were look, maybe looking for that next step, and I don't know that that was ever true with Donaher, and I don't think that's you know, going to be true with Anthony. Uh, it, when, when the day when Anthony was hired, uh, I, I talked to Coach Donaher that day at the, at the press conference, and he, 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 he was elated. And, 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 he, and it wasn't like a specific elation for Anthony, his whole, his whole phrase was, one of us, one of our guys. He goes, I'm so happy for our guys that one of our guys is the coach. So it, it was not just a happiness for, for Anthony, but it was a happy – he was happy for, for Steve, for Rex, for, for Diggett, for, for, for Pat and, and Russ, and for everybody. You know, he was happy for – our guys, and, and it speaks to what Steve uh, talked about, about we're all flyers. So you finish up at UD, and uh, the business world awaited you. Tell us about, uh, about your, your non-basketball career. <laughs> it's interesting. I'm a, I have a bachelor's in secondary education. I have a master's in school administration. I wanted to be a principal. Um, I taught for five years at Belmont High School in Dayton. Um, I've told this story before. My last official act as a teacher was walking the picket line. Uh, the Dayton City Schools went on strike in 1979 for a $300 raise. I said, see you later. Loved Belmont, loved my students, but I'm, we're just not going to make it. 
Um, and uh, a, a teammate of mine, Joe Fisher, was working at AT&T, and he got me an interview, and I spent 18, eight, eight years at AT&T, which is where I met Keith Hawk and became good friends with Keith. Uh, had a great career there, knew nothing about business. I mean, I'm an education major, but I think that kind of grounded me in the kind of things you need to be successful in business. Uh, Keith left AT&T, and Keith went to LexisNexis. Keith hired me there in 1987. Um, I stayed there for 31 years, uh, met some of the most wonderful people, some of them who are here tonight um, uh, that worked for me or worked with me. Uh, it was just a wonderful ride that I had at LexisNexis, and um, I retired in January of 2021. I had 31 years in. My wife and I looked at each other and said, look, we're both 70. You know, let's, you know, time for to retire. Let's look at, you know, doing some different things. Uh, I will tell you I'm still active in the nonprofit world. Uh, I'm on the board. I'm the, actually the board president of the Bruner Literacy Center, which is the only adult literacy center in the Dayton area. And I'm also on the board of the American Heart Association. Uh, I was the board president there for a couple of years. So I keep very busy. Uh, again, back to what Larry said and what we talked about, that kind of that UD foundation uh, kind of got me the grounding and what I needed to do to, you know, I, I'd like to think I was successful. Uh, I still enjoy what I'm doing. Retirement's been great, and I work. I love working for the nonprofits. Uh, but I, I had a great run in the business world, and it's, it's you know, retirement's great. It's just I've been blessed in that regard. And and you're still engaged with uh, with Dayton basketball. It's still engaged. We got season tickets. Gary McCann's God love him. He was a ticket manager when we were playing. He was kind enough to get us um, seats in 210, to uh, section 210. Some of my friends from section 210 are here tonight, um, and, and it's kind of cool because. We've, we've had season tickets for probably nine or ten years, and if you've ever had season tickets at UD, you get to know the people around you. And it's so cool because when I'm walking in, I mean, uh, the, the Schindlers call me the mayor of the UD arena because when I walk around, I, I know so many people because I've been going there for so long and having played there and lived in the Dayton community so long. But it's, it's just kind of an extension of what we talked about. Now I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have season tickets and watch, you know, the great flyer teams every year. You know, talking about the, knowing the people around you, I, I was in a grocery store once and I pushed my cart down the aisle and a man was approaching me. We looked up and our eyes caught each other and we both in recognition <laughs> said, Hi, and waved, and then I went past him, and I said, I have no idea who that is. No idea whatsoever. And the next night, I, I go to the arena, and I'm getting ready to do the broadcast, and then I, I looked up from my notes, and I looked right across the, above the scorer's table, and right there at eye level was the guy. And he'd been sitting there every night for all these years. I still don't know his name to this day. But when I saw him in, in Kroger, I recognized him and said, oh, hey, there's that person I see. Well, it's funny. I, my wife has heard this story before. But I'll be in a grocery store or I'll be at um, the airport or somewhere in Dayton. And someone will come up to me. And if you're tall, God help us. Uh, Man, you're tall. How tall are you? I I'm 6'8". Did you play basketball? I did. Where did you play, um, UD? When did you play? And I said, you know, like 1969 to 1973. What's your name? And I say Steve Hess. And they get this glazed look in their eyes, <laughs> <laughs> like. Uh, and I, I and I feel like asking them two things. One, where were you born? They were probably born in like 1993, so 20 years after I played. 
And I also want to ask him, Mom, excuse me, where did you play Division One college basketball, <laughs> by the uh, way? <laughs> yeah, it, it, uh, I, I tell you what, uh, Steve, you, you are not remembered for the record book. Uh, you are remembered for who you are. And being a Dayton Flyer is part of who you are. And that's why you do have all these people that, that came out tonight to support you. And that's why I wanted to talk to you. <laughs> Thank you. All right. You're too kind. Yeah, well, it's, uh, i tell you what, a big week ahead for uh, this current uh, Dayton Flyer team with a home game Wednesday against uh, UMass at 7 o'clock, a 2 o'clock game then on Saturday uh, at LaSalle with a travel day next Monday. We're not going to be here. So our final edition of the Anthony Grant Show coming up two weeks from tonight here at Frickers on Woodman Drive. On behalf of our engineer producer here, Parker Testa, former flyer Steve Hess, and, of course, the coach, Anthony Grant. I'm Larry Hanskin. Have a great week, everyone, and go Flyers. The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk.